Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now, here's your host, Tom Singer. Hey, you have found another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you so much for coming along on the journey of this podcast that originally was called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Uh, we've been at this now six and a half years, over 630 plus episodes, and uh, we're not stopping anytime soon. It's been a lot of fun, and my goal here is to bring interesting people who can help inspire you in your career, whether you work at the sea level or whether you're just starting out at an entry-level job in a company and you want to make some waves, you want to shake things up, you want to make a difference. That's what we're here to talk about on this podcast. And that's what we're going to do today. But first, I have a little commercial. I want to promote another podcast. And I know you're thinking, Tom, why would you promote another podcast? Well, it's because another it's another one of the four shows that I host, actually soon to be five shows that I host. Uh, and the show I want to promote today is called Speakernomics. And it is the brand new speaker, uh, the brand new podcast for the National Speakers Association. And I am really proud. They have a couple thousand members, maybe, maybe a little less than that. And they picked me to partner with them to create this new show, Speakernomics, where we talk about how to make more money as a speaker, as a trainer, as a facilitator, even as a podcaster, anyone who uses the spoken word to promote their business and how you can make that business better. So check that out wherever you get your podcast love, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Check out Speakernomics. So today on Making Waves at Sea Level, we have Michael O'Brien. Now, Michael is someone who I've recently met. We don't know each other, although he is also a member of the National Speakers Association, and I'm pretty sure soon to become a new listener of Speakernomics. Uh, but Michael is a former executive. He managed a giant P&L for a really big company and going about his life being Mr. Corporate. Uh, one day he had one of those life-changing moments. Uh, he had his last bad day 20 years ago when he had a major, I think, bicycle accident. And he basically decided at that point that he wanted to help others prevent bad moments and keep them from turning it into a bad day or something worse. And so that's what Michael does. He helps uh, individuals. He talks about resilience. How do we get through these uncertain times? And so I imagine he's pretty busy right now. So Michael, welcome to Making Waves. Tom, thanks for having me. And yes, you are right. I am going to be one of your new listeners on that new podcast of yours. Awesome. Glad to hear that. So, Michael, I don't read like the fancy bios that expensive PR people send to me when I interview guests. So uh, give us a little bit of a more of a background than what I said about your career history and where you got to today. Sure. So I had 22 years in healthcare roles that range from carrying the bag as a sales rep all the way up to the executive suite. So head of sales, marketing and operations, as you mentioned, big team, a thousand people, huge P&L, $4 billion. And then as you referenced 20 years ago, I was out at a company meeting out in New Mexico, brought my bike, wanted to get some exercise in because they say, hey, that's good for the soul. And I got hit head on by a Ford Explorer who crossed into my lane going about 40 miles an hour. I remember almost any, everything that day, broke a whole bunch of everything. Doctors don't know how I survived. They told my wife, had I been 20, 10 years older or not in shape, probably would have died before I got to the hospital. And they saved my life that day. 
but they also painted a pretty grim picture of what life was going to be about. I lost my identity and I had a long recovery back. And then I found out a lot of different ways to show up for life and career. And I took those back to my corporate life. So I spent another 13 years in corporate after that moment, sort of showing up differently and using the principles I learned through my recovery. And I credit that moment, if you will, which was a long moment for helping me get to the executive suite. I don't think I make it without that knowledge I got from my accident. And today, as you mentioned, I talk about resilience and we need a lot of it. And I hang out here in Northeast New Jersey, outside of New York with my wife and two daughters, two dogs, two cats. And, you know, it's like Noah's Ark around here. So um, that's a little bit of my background. So I am also a girl dad. I have two daughters. How, how old are yours? Mine are 20 and 23. So they're still my little girls, but now they're young women. And one just got her first apartment post-college. She moved into the city and wrote a beautiful blog about falling in love for the first time. She was falling in love with her apartment and what it meant for the new chapter in her life, which is totally cool. I'm totally psyched for her. So we could have a whole other podcast talking about that because my daughters are 23 and 19 and, ah. uh, and same thing. And, and the oldest has uh, also fallen in love for the first time, uh, but that's with her soon to be husband. So she met, she met a boy freshman year of college uh, when she was at Carnegie Mellon. And, you know, they got really serious really fast. And I can remember saying, that's awesome. It's not like he's going to be around forever because it's like your first boyfriend, whatever. <laughs> and uh, now now we're in in the, the, the realms of trying to plan a wedding that has been planned twice before. And because of COVID uh, uh, hasn't happened. And then I have a 19 year old who is a freshman in college off living the dream. Even in the pandemic, she's trying to piece together kind of an exciting freshman year. So anyway, that's not the purpose of this show, but uh uh, we have that in common. So very cool. So speaking of resilience, right? I think the world has been in flux more so lately than any time in my lifetime. Obviously, this once in a century pandemic thing has has created uncertainty for everybody. It it cratered the the meetings and speaking industry where you and I make our living. It has hit the healthcare industry really hard. People in hospitality and travel and really uh, restaurants, all kinds of businesses that don't make the news have really been hit hard. And we don't think about it, but that really impacts everybody. So companies are having to make tough decisions with layoffs, uh, things like that. How, how do people in business, regardless of where they fall on that, that org chart, how do they stay resilient during these times? Because it's not over yet. You know, no, it's not over yet. And I hope you're right. It's a once in every hundred year pandemic. I hope we don't get another one in our lifetime. So when I was in the hospital and I spent a lot of time in the hospital and I was trying to shape my new identity. And I think that's what this moment is like old normal and Elvis left the building a long time ago. And we have yet to figure out what the new normal is. And I felt those emotions when I was going through my recovery and I developed something called grace. You know, I think of like, you know, just the fluidity of someone who's graceful. And so grace stands for gratitude. So regardless of what level you're at, C-suite down to an individual contributor, finding gratitude in the moment, what do we still have and can do? Even having gratitude for the tough part of this moment, sort of in the spirit that no mud, no lotus. So our tough moments usually give us our greatest growth. The R is for reframing. How do we want to look at the situation differently? Is it happening to us or is it happening for us? I had to go through that with my recovery. 
the A stands for awareness. So we've had to do this as speakers, open up our aperture, see what's possible out there, accept that we're going to go virtual, take some action and then have some agility. So we're not so rigid. I think losing our rigidity that there's one way of doing things won't work as we go forward. The C stands for community. As an avid cyclist, I call my community my Peloton group of bike racers in a bike race. (laughs) So we need each other. So we need a good community because sometimes we're going to have some tough moments. We just don't want to give any more fuel than desire to them. And the last one is managing our energy because I think a whole bunch of people are close to burning out because we burnt too many calories, burnt too many matches, whatever analogy you want to use up front. And we didn't really have a wise plan to go over the long haul. We thought this would be over by the summer and there was by Thanksgiving. And then it was like, well, when we flip into the new year and most likely we're probably in this mode for the rest of 2021. So we have to manage our energy well in order to create the new normal that we will all want to create. And, and I love this, this analogy of grace and, and all the words that, that make up the acronym. However, is this the way that like CEOs operate? I mean, CEOs are like, let's drive the bottom line. Do they really care about all that stuff? Well, I think some, I would say some don't care. All right. So I think this moment will probably pass some of them by. Some of them that have a bottom line, highly directive, hierarchical, power over type of mentality. Some of those, you know, they'll get by, you know, because of their industry or just by luck or by chance or what have you. I think what this moment is showing us is that we need to connect with our people more. Certainly CEOs need to set the vision. And I think this is a hard part of the moment is like, how do we set course in a, in a storm, in a world that's even more uncertain than say 15 months ago. But if we can't bring our people along because we're not connecting with our people and some of those soft skills, which are the hardest ones, as you know, Tom, to do, that is critical in making sure that our employees have the health and the energy, the mindset, if you will, to come along on this uncertain journey. So I think, yeah, a lot of those, I don't care. It's the bottom line people. Some of them will win and they'll be like, well, I won this way. So you should do it this way. But I think this moment is calling for a different form of leadership, more of a power with or a power to than a power over type of framework that we've traditionally known to have worked in corporate America. So I certainly think the industries that have been directly impacted, I think that leadership feels and understands everything you've just said. But there are other industries who have either boomed, like people who make sporting equipment or, you know, thing, things that sort of help in bikes. And, and bikes, you know, right. Some of these things are booming. And what I have found, tell me if I'm, I'm wrong or right, some of these people don't even realize that the rest of the world is suffering. They just realize that, you know, my, my P&L's gone up, everything's booming. And then there are some industries that are really not impacted. I, I talked to someone who worked in banking and I was talking about how my business fell apart. And they're like, I don't understand what the problem is. And I, you know, they didn't understand entrepreneurship. They didn't understand that if live meetings stop and you make your, your money speaking at live meetings, money stops coming in because their paycheck, they, they're like, well, you have to work from home, but don't you just speak virtually? They didn't realize that A, there isn't as much, B, it's not paying the same and C, it's gotten super competitive, you know, cause everybody's chasing the very few things that are out there. And they, they're like, I don't understand. And so some people, I think either they're booming and they don't pay attention that others are suffering. And some people have been 
kind of unaffected other than they had to move home and their their kids are doing homework in the next room. But other than that, their job continues the same way. So, you know, have you witnessed that as well? Oh, totally. I, I think it, and for those people here referencing, I was chuckling because they're like, Tom, it's all good. You get to do your gig and you get to do it at home. How awesome is that? And for my passion, cycling took a huge boom. The bike shops in the local area got sold out with their bikes and inventories back ordered for months, if not years. So I think there's um, certainly a lot of people who had their best year ever last year, mm-hmm. but they didn't want to say it too loudly because they, some of them knew that not everyone did. And I think this gets to the awareness piece of grace that to play the long game. So the short, they won the short game, right? They won the quarter, if you will, but to play the long game, we need to, have greater awareness to understand, okay, what else is happening in the marketplace? So yeah, you had a bolus of business. Some industries, they'll maintain that because part of the new normal will be like that industry has going to, is winning through this disruption. Others are like, well, it it could be an artificial high and they're going to need to rejigger how they go forward. So they can sort of win the long game, if you will. If not, they're going to go up and down like a yo-yo. And that's, and that's the job of the C-suite is to look at what's happening out there in the marketplace and then try to make the best decisions, the best strategic choices to keep their company afloat. And that, I think that's the real challenge. One of the real challenges of this moment. So what advice do you have for executives in how to do that? So I would say open up your community. So you need to be speaking with people maybe that you haven't spoken to in the past because this, as we know, it's so somewhat cliche, is a game changer. So we need to tap into maybe some untraditional members of our Peloton, of our community, just to see, like, what do they see? Uh, because our view of the world up until this moment, you know, looking at March of, say, 2020, like our network probably did uh, served as well. Now the world's been turned upside down, shaken violently. Now we can tap into that same network, but I think we need to add a few more members, making sure that we're riding with the right people, that they're not toxic, that they're bringing value, just to pressure test our worldview because we have to make some really big bets going forward. So having the right people in your corner, I think becomes essential. So what caused you after climbing up into that executive suite, what caused you to walk away from corporate America to become a a speaker? So I knew I was going to get into this line of work when I was in the hospital. So I, I had a little something that happened in the ICU. I don't remember it, but I told my wife and she wrote it down. I was like, Oh, that's a seed that's been planted. And we did a little bit of watering and fertilizer and all that jazz. So I was just really looking for the right moment. I knew that I wanted to work with C-level leaders because I, I knew they would have the greatest impact on work. And I totally believe this. If we can change how we work together, we will change how we live together because we spend so much time at work in this country. And the moment we were going through major change, my boss, who was the president of the company I had known for 18 years, we had like a, one of those political upheavals. He got moved out, political differences, strategic differences. A new person came in. And sometimes you got to take a step back and listen to the universe. Sounds a little woo-woo for a corporate life. But I was like, you know what? I think it's time. I'd spent a lot of many years in an executive suite. I had built up my credibility. 
it was time. So I didn't, I'm not one who like had his accident recovered and then went on the speaking circuit, like the whole mess is your message type of thing. I actually took all the skills back into corporate life and used them knowing that one day I would make that happen. And it was really that change. I was like, you know what? Um, had a really good run 18 years at one place. It was time to open or write a new chapter. And, you know, I feel a lot of gratitude for that moment, but feeling psyched about what I do today. All right. So I know everybody listening wants to unpack what were the lessons of the accident. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves like Michael O'Brien. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know, I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Michael, a couple of times in your story, you mentioned that you walked away with some really important corporate lessons. In the beginning, you said it was those lessons that led you into that executive role that you may not have ever gotten there if it wasn't for the accident. What were those lessons? Well, there were a few. So one lesson I got from a mentor, I was having a low moment, gave me a little pep talk. He said, hey, Michael, you know what? All the events in your life are neutral until you label them. Oh, you wow. get to give things meaning. Let's let's not so, let, let's not like, just let's not let that be a throwaway line. All the events in your life are neutral yeah. until you name them. That that's kind of powerful. Yeah, that was that was one of his, what I thought Tom was a Jedi mindset trick. And I was I was on a lot of medication. So I wasn't necessarily processing things all that quickly. And I was like, what do you mean by that? He's like, well, you know, using a principle from cycling, like you go where your eyes go, like where you place your attention is where you put your energy, all that jazz. So every moment, Michael is neutral until you label it. You're just so quick to label it. And right now you're labeling this whole thing as you're the victim. And what I'm submitting to you as your mentor is that maybe there's a different possibility here. And so that was key as I went back to corporate life because we get so reactive. We see something and as we go up the corporate ladder, we tend to be right a lot. That's how we get promoted. And we think our worldview is the correct view. What he gave me was just enough space to say, when you see something, why don't you, um, and this is a mind, mindfulness technique that I developed in the hospital, pause, breathe, and reflect. Hit the pause button take a few deep breaths and reflect on it and decide how you want to respond to it as opposed to what most corporate executives do react. And we don't make our great decisions when we're in a react mode. So that was one. Another one was just the power of our mindset. You know, in corporate life, we love to get up on stage and make a lot of sports analogies, you know, and, and some of them are, well, they're tired because not everybody in the audience wants to hear another sports analogy. But when you think about all these analogies, it, it all goes back mainly to mindset, not necessarily skill. But then we don't necessarily do enough work on our mindset in corporate life. We do a lot of hard skill training. So what I realized in my recovery is that in order for me to get my body healthy, I first had to get my mind right. So although it's 
still somewhat woo-woo in a lot of corporate circles, mindfulness and taking these breaks and making sure that the stories I tell myself, that voice in her head, limiting beliefs, everything that's attached to mindset became critical. And I, I would say I got really intimate with that work. And that's also the work of resilience. And that helps us move forward, right? So if we're going to use these analogies, like every presentation, let's actually practice them. And so I think more corporations should do more mindset work because the mind and the body are connected and we're going to make better decisions when we get our mind right. So those are two. So what advice do you have for somebody who's maybe trying to climb a corporate ladder? They're, they're thinking, hey, I want to go. I want to go to the top. I want to get into that C-level position. And maybe they're entry level. Maybe they're the age of your daughter or my daughters. Um, what advice do you have for them? Well, first I would want to understand why, right? So like, let's talk about why the values that they wish to honor at this point in their lives. Then I would say, okay, who's on your personal board of directors, your community, your Peloton, if you will, you got to have the right people within the company and outside the company. Cause you need an outside perspective. I would encourage them to pause, breathe, and reflect frequently so they can be more responsive and less reactive. Work on their emotional intelligence. Work on some of these soft skills that are so critical because they can build the technical knowledge. We know how to do that, but work on these soft skills that are good complements to the technical skills. And then make sure you check in with where you are in life. I think, hey, if you're 20, 23 and you're just starting out, you might look at the world a certain way. I think when you have big milestones in life, like if you get married or you buy your first house or you have your first child, that is, I think it's good to take stock in, okay, what path do I still want to be on? You know, for me, one of my big life moments was the accident and it made me think, okay, what do I want to do? And I wanted to go back to corporate life, but I wanted to go back on my own terms to write my own story and not feel like I was chasing happiness. So I would start with some of those tips it all comes down to why you want to do it. Hopefully it's about impacting the lives of others and not about your ego. If it's about your ego, then we got to have a little chit chat off on the side. <laughs> so Michael, if somebody's looking or somebody's listening to this and they're looking for somebody who can help their company, they're looking for someone who can come in and speak either in person or virtually to help their company sort of understand their employees, understand resilience. Uh, how do people find you? The best way is to go to michaelobrienshift.com and then you can find out all about me there, including my big cross-country bike ride this summer to celebrate 20 years. So uh, they'll learn all about that. So tell me about that. What are you doing to celebrate 20 years from your accident? So we're going to ride, I'm going to ride my bike. My wife's going to be in the RV with our two dogs following from Astoria, Oregon to Yorktown, Virginia, 45 days, 4,500 miles. I'm calling it the pause, breathe and reflect tour because we need to do more of that. And it's going to be one big thank you for everyone that helped us along the way because this whole thing has been a group project, not a solo endeavor. And try to spread messages around resilience and mindset and community. And we're also raising money for three important foundations that tie back to our First Nation people, climate, and then helping folks recover from trauma. So three great charity foundations. So it's a lot of good, um, good juju, as they would say. Awesome. Well, I'll look forward to following that next summer. I'm sure online there'll be all kinds of posts on Instagram and Facebook and things like that. So we can see you ride across country. Uh, I have a friend who did that to celebrate his 70th birthday. He did a, he signed up for a ride that went all the way across 
And uh, I thought, wow, imagine being able to do that at 70. That's kind of cool. So it is uh, pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I'm getting it in a little bit earlier than 70. So we got 10 states and I just hope I don't run out of gas in the middle of Kansas. Ah, no, so, uh, I, I think you'll be, I think you'll be just fine. Thank you so much for being here on Making Waves at Sea Level. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every single show. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we do this? Uh, do me a favor. If you like the podcast, go tell a friend because everyone who listens, when I meet them, I say, how did you find my little show? And they always say, oh, word of mouth. My mother told me, my coworker, my boss, uh, somebody told me that this podcast, one person told me this podcast sucks less than others. And I said, you know what? I'll take that as the compliment it was delivered as. Uh, so go out and tell a friend and you can also go to uh, uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast love and you can leave one of those uh, fancy reviews. Those always make me smile. So please do that. But more importantly, come back in a couple of days, because in a couple of days, we'll be interviewing somebody just as cool as Michael O'Brien. And I know you're thinking, how will you find anybody that cool? I do it every time. Uh, but in the meantime, go out there, flex your business muscles. Make sure that your career ladder is against the right wall. Don't climb the career ladder to find out you were in the wrong place. I did that. Don't do that. And then while you're out there doing all this, have some fun and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.